Yeah, hey, I was wondering if you guys had any Happy Dad seltzer. No, we are sold out. Sold out. All right, thanks. Yeah, hey, I was just wondering if you guys had any Happy Dad seltzer. This is us trying to find a liquor store that had the Nelk Boys new hard seltzer, Happy Dad, in stock. And we were completely out of luck. If you don't know who the Nelk Boys are, they are YouTube's resident bad boys. Partying continues at many campuses, and some college officials are pointing the finger at these YouTube pranksters, the Nelk Boys. They're notoriously known for partying, pulling pranks, and honestly, almost getting banned from the platform multiple times. They don't actually even make any advertising revenue from YouTube at all, which actually opens up a lot of opportunities for them. And this episode, we're talking about the Disneyfication of the Nelk Boys. Now, that's not going to make much sense right now, but it will as you get through the rest of the episode. What we're referencing is what was called the Synergy Map of Disney made by Walt Disney in 1952. If you want to look that up and check it out, it'll give you a nice frame of reference as you listen to the rest of this episode. Basically, what the Synergy Map showed was all the different facets of Disney's business that were based off the media. So when Disney was able to build a character out of Mickey Mouse, the connection was so great that he was able to sell merchandise. And from there, he was able to create theme parks. And he was able to map out this whole world of Disney that was based on the character he initially created. We see that happening with a lot of creators today, and most notably with the Nelk Boys. And lastly, before we get into the episode, if you are interested in the creator economy and the business of creators, subscribe to our newsletter. It's called The Publish Press. It comes out every Tuesday and Friday. You can get to that at thepublishpress.com. We also covered this topic of the Nelk Boys and their Happy Dad Seltzer in The Publish Press. So if you're interested, make sure to check that out. It comes out every Tuesday and Friday straight to your inbox. All right, without further ado, here's our episode on the Disneyfication of the Nelk Boys. All right, so why don't we start out by just looking at this Disney kind of strategic plan that was mapped out in 1957. The idea for this episode came from looking at Walt Disney's what's called Synergy Map, and it shows how his media, his cartoons, and his characters fit into his overall business. Like you really look at this map and at the center of everything that Disney did and has done is Mickey Mouse, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mickey Mouse is a character and, you know, storylines that started to develop an audience. And I think what Walt Disney recognized was once you've built that type of connection, the whole world opens up. Now that's the same thing that happens in the creator economy, right? Like once you've built a format, once you've built a character, once people connect with that character, the world starts to open up. And with Disney, people who watch feel a sense of fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Of endless possibilities. Mm-hmm. So how could Disney bring that into the physical world? Disney World. Literally giving people an experience that feels magical. That's the most unique thing on here. What you start to see is how the whole world interacts with each other. Like I love even the offshoot to music. Like the concept that the the movies and the TV can all be connected into music, right? And then even the concept that Disneyland can be a place for merchandise licensing from the content. Even one thing that really fascinated me about this map the first time I saw it was that part of this was a TV commercial arm that he has like a production studio mapped out here that he's like, if we're going to make programming for TV, let's also make the commercials. Mm. 
Now that reminds me just real quick at the top of the episode that last week, Josh Richards and Griffin Johnson just launched their own TikTok creative agency with Crocs as the first client. So essentially it's the same concept. Like if we're going to make TikToks and we make money from advertising, let's also make the advertising that's going to play on TikTok. It's like this map, right? Of like, what are all the different synergies in a creator business? So I think this Disney map is something to really take a look at and for all creators to even draw a version of this for themselves. What is my world? What's the ecosystem I'm building? Now, this came up again when I saw on Twitter Issa Rae's synergy map. Issa Rae being a a director, producer, started out on YouTube with her own web series, now has her own production arm. And you look on her synergy map, she has coffee shops where people can go and get creative. She has a record label where the music can play in her coffee shops. Mm -hmm. Her production arm creates the shows that go on HBO. She also has a Patreon, which is essentially offers this opportunity for community of maybe you can meet someone in there, meet them at the coffee shop, right? Talk about one of the the shows she just made. So you start to think about this world that she's creating and it's very dynamic. And that got me thinking about our own world Mm. and what are we building if media is at the center, educational media about creators, what else can be around us. Yeah, and and something we always talk about is like, what's the extension of our value prop, right? So one of the first things we did was move into educational courses, like courses that you you could buy. Now, I think as we've started to expand and think more like we have newsletter, right? Which is another version of education. But we're starting to think a little bit more expansively now. Is that a word, expansively? Sure, I'll give you that. Okay, a little bit more like expanding the horizon of what else it could be. And now that we feel like we have a really established community, merchandise is something that we're exploring, starting to think about events, like physical events where you could come and learn from creators, an academy where there's more courses, potentially physical locations where that academy could exist. Colin and Somir World with roller coasters. And we're there. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Now, our whole world is kind of centered around this concept of, you know, publish and um, everything that we're doing with, you know, the published press. Um, Now, the readers of the published press potentially could get informed about merchandise or events, right? And that can also happen through our show here. And then if you're a buyer of, of published merch, you can kind of connect with another member of that community. And then eventually, could that merchandise also be sold at the academy or the events, right? And if you are a member of the Academy. We've talked about launching a job board where once you've now taken our course, can you get put into the creator workforce, right? And so it's this figuring out how your world comes together is a really important piece of being a creator and and actually just being in the media business, period. Because a lot of media businesses make their money on the offshoots of of what's happening in the media world, right? Like you grew up watching Spider-Man, you probably wanted a Spider-Man action figure or you wanted a Spider-Man costume or you wanted, right? And so it's like the world that exists beyond the media is where a lot of the monetization is. And the reality is a lot of creators make their money from advertising. And if you make your money from advertising, in the immediate, you don't necessarily need to go into different types of businesses. Yeah, It's smart to diversify your revenue and go that way. But advertising, as you said before, is kind of like a way to raise capital Mm -hmm. to then inject it into your own projects that do make money outside of just advertising. So now let's talk about a group that cannot get advertising deals. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all, right? (laughs) They have no other choice. The Nelk Boys, I think probably to their advantage, had no other choice uh, but to build their own brands. Because they are not brand safe. 
they piss a lot of people off. They don't follow a lot of the rules that would allow you to monetize on YouTube. The Nelk like universe, as far as I understand it, you know, I think um, their clothing line full send is something that's obviously always been a spectacle. Even they're like the, when they start selling, they show you how many people are on the site and you're always like shocked. Like they show you the Shopify page of how many people are on this site, how many people are buying. They're super transparent with that. And it kind of creates this movement of like Nelk is all of their fans. It's not just them. It's like a, it's like a movement of people. And they sell merchandise as well as accessories that go alongside mm-hmm. partying. The lifestyle of partying. The yeah. lifestyle of yeah. partying. Yeah. Also that with that notion of like, they're not advertiser friendly. They also have a paywalled, uh, environment called the send club or full send club, something like that. But the most interesting thing that they've done is launch an alcohol called happy dad. That to me is this moment in time where they've actually entered into like big business. We went on launch day to, to BevMo and I don't know what we were, what we were expecting, but we went like in the middle of the day being like, Oh cool. We'll just pick up some happy dad seltzer for this episode. We'll try it out. And we walked in and the attendant at BevMo was like, Oh, we sold out at 9.05. And there was a line at 2 a.m. So yeah, every location actually is sold out. <laughs> it kind of makes you realize like when it's a creator that you love and you watch these guys, the Nelk boys, like the people who watch them and they watch them, you know, drinking and, you know, smashing cans on their head or I don't shotgunning, shotgunning seltzers, uh, yeah, shotgunning seltzers and whatnot. And um, they're really good at brand building and world building and what they've done now is they've given you the tool to experience the world with them. Now, the next step would be, can they go even further on that experience? Could they have a bar? Of course, Nelk could have a series of bars, right? A a, a physical location where you can come drink Happy Dad Seltzer and party and maybe take it a step further. Like what else is a part of the Nelk lifestyle? Could they launch casinos? You know, do you go drink a Happy Dad Seltzer and gamble at a Nelk casino? Very possible. So you can imagine what their world looks like. Mm -hmm. They could launch a music festival and they could have a record label with original artists that you listen to when you're partying Mm -hmm. at a Nelk bar, right? Like there are so many different types of things they could do to build out their world so that there's tons of synergy like Walt Disney actually planned in his original map. So they're lifestyle media brands. When you watch the media, you're like, you want to live that lifestyle. And that I think is actually the majority of creator brands. We've talked about Chamberlain Coffee before. When you watch Emma Chamberlain, you want to live the lifestyle of Emma Chamberlain. And the easiest path into that is drinking the same coffee as her, maybe wearing the same jeans as her, maybe planning out your day the same way as she does, right? So there's this like world of Emma. With Nelk, I do find it to be kind of interesting that they didn't call the seltzer Nelk. And they give a couple of reasons why. They wanted it to be able to exist outside of you know, YouTube and outside of the Nelk fan base. But what do you think about that, about like world building with, with sub brands like this? I think it's super important. It's why we called the published press, the published press and not Colin and Samir's newsletter. Because when you use a different name as your sub brand, it gives you the opportunity to scale beyond yourself as a creator, to have people that work on behalf of the brand. So that one day when you're not making videos, that brand can potentially live on. And it also offers this opportunity for if Anheuser-Busch wanted to come in and they, they love Happy Dad, they could actually, you know, buy Happy Dad and Nelk could continue on as, as Nelk. And, and, and they're the marketing arm yeah. for Happy Dad. Here's my prediction of how this, this plays out. I actually think that 
with Nelk moving into to alcohol, it's going to legitimize them in business in a way that I think they haven't been yet. Like merchandise is still seen as merchandise, like clothing lines. I think Full Send has made its way into like really raising some eyebrows with what it's done. But I think when you're in BevMo, like when you're in one of the biggest alcohol retailers and you're you're selling out in the first five minutes of them being open, I think you establish a name for yourself in business that's completely different from merchandise. Totally, because we as consumers didn't have to go farther than half a mile yeah. to go find it. And then BevMo looks at the landscape and says, well, wait a minute, this other seltzer is still on the shelf. This right. seltzer is still on the shelf. Why don't we just get more Happy Dad? Because it continues to fly off the shelf. Right. Totally. And that's BevMo, which again, there are tons of locations that are super easy for us to go to. Yeah. And then it's, you know, there's an additional question here is, is, is it a bar or does Nelk move into a liquor store? Imagine if Nelk had a liquor store where they could pick, handpick the brands that they love to drink right? Like that's a world that I can understand. Like if, if there, if there's a line out the door for BevMo at 2am, when was the last time BevMo had a line out the door at 2am? On a Sunday. Never. I can guarantee you. sold out Monday morning. Jay-Z launches an alcohol. There's not a line out the door. Yeah. George Clooney, not a line out the door. So I think that's what we're talking about now is like when we're talking about Disneyfication, we're saying like, what are these environments? Is it a liquor store? Is it a bar? It could be both. You could say the liquor store carries all the brands that they love. So does the bar and they share those. You know, if you loved the shot you took at the bar, you could go to the liquor store and buy it for your house. You know, and like there is this world that could exist. And like you mentioned, if there's a bar, do they start a record label and then all the music from the record label plays at the bar? What's the bar that all the TikTok creators go to in Hollywood? Saddle Ranch. Saddle Ranch. Yeah. They could be the new Saddle Ranch. Easily. All over the country. And, and, and if they did it in college towns, it would go insane. Yeah. When we're thinking about Disneyfication, like they, they were the ones, you know, love them or hate them, they're doing something really interesting in, in creator business. And alcohol to me is is a fascinating entrance point because of how much it unlocks. Like it, it, it unlocks events um, and sp- physical spaces. Like people go to physical spaces to drink alcohol. As I look at the world that exists right now, you think about like Barstool Sports and Penn National Gaming. That's like media that got picked up by, um, you know, a group that that does online gambling, has casinos, right? Like has this world that you can interact with. So you pair the media with that physical world. I think there's a potential option for, you know, Penn National Gaming and or Barstool to, to also bring in Nelk and help them with that Disneyfication to say, you know, can you move into gambling with us? Can you move into launching casinos? Can you move into to bars? Rough and rowdy is something that Barstool owns. Can you move into to boxing events or something like that? Yeah. Now, what we're going to do next is look at other creators and think about what their Disneyfication could look like. And we've bought a bunch of different products from creators that we're going to go into. But first, we wanted to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Shopify. Colin and I have always said that as creators, our whole goal is just bring ideas to life. And Shopify has been a part of that with us for years. When we left our last job and wanted to just become creators and entrepreneurs, we had an idea of creating a skateboard company. And once we got the whole skateboard together, it was super easy to put up a store and start selling these skateboards using Shopify. When we launched the site, we were overwhelmed by the amount of orders that came through. That experience showed us truly how powerful it is when you pair creators with products. So part of our mission together is to help creators get educated on how to use Shopify. So if you click the link in our description, go to shopify.com slash Colin and Samir, you'll land on a page that gives you a step-by-step guide on how to start your Shopify store. But to be honest, 
it's really simple and really easy to do. Lastly, on that page, you'll also see a link for a 14-day free trial so you can get started with your store today. And here's a cool fact that they sent me. Every 28 seconds, a new entrepreneur gets their first sale on Shopify. Last year, we made a design for a t-shirt and even went as far as to actually make the shirts and wear them ourselves. We got a ton of requests from you guys to actually launch the merch. The shirt says press publish on the front. And what's ironic is that over the past year, we haven't pressed publish on this idea, but working with Shopify has given us the push to actually get this out. And we're going to track our progress as we make the collection and launch it to all of you. So stay tuned. All right, let's talk about some creators who are building Disney style worlds for themselves. First up, dude, perfect, colossal, huge, legendary channel, on YouTube, they make sports fun and accessible, like in a way that you mm-hmm. could do it at home. You could do trick shots. So it makes perfect sense that they partnered with Nerf to do a line of toys centered around sports and trick shots that you can do at home. They were one of the first big creators that we actually worked with. And what's incredible is after all these years, they're still on the trending page, like every video they upload. And it still does like 10 million plus views. It's unbelievable how big trick shots are. We made a video about this called Why Trick Shots Still Break the Internet. Mm -hmm. And it really comes down to the fact that it's a perfect storytelling module. Like it's an Mm -hmm. act one, act two, act three And you can do it over and over and over again. And as a viewer, you still want to watch to see, is that ball going to go through that hoop? Is this trick going to work? And if you want to do it yourself, you can absolutely do it. And if you don't want to do it physically, you can do it digitally through their app. You can play their game. One of the top mobile games in sports is the Dude Perfect game, right? Now they also have this world inside their office that's like this fantasy factory style world where they have all these cool like trick shot areas. And the logical step is to either invent your own games and trick shots or potentially even create a space for people to do these types of trick shots, right? Basically like a Dave and Buster's, Mm -hmm. but run by Dude Perfect with a trick shot angle to it. Totally. Or um, a summer camp where you could go for a month into the woods and it's like you could do trick shots and get better at, at sports and make videos and like... Does it have to be in the woods? You know, I said that, but that's mainly because most camps are in the woods. I was like, why do we need to be in the woods? I think it's just better when you're isolated. Camp is in the woods? Yeah. The games that you play at camp could then be sold after the fact. So you played this amazing game and you're like, God, I want to play that with my friends. Cool. I'll buy it. And now I can play it with my friends and enter Dude Perfect Nerf. Synergy. Synergy. <laughs> but you can imagine you can imagine what their synergy map would look like, right? You have all of these different types of products around their media arm, which is their YouTube channel, mm-hmm. that work well and benefit each other. This is one of the simplest games I've ever seen in my life. It's like it's basically cornhole, but it's like two rings plus two bags that you throw. Don't need to reinvent the wheel. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. You just have to make it your own. And put put your perfect face on it. Put your faces on it. Yeah. But this is an exact example of like merchandise and licensing for Dude Perfect that is just so sharp. It's like, can we scale the Dude Perfect brand into everyone's household? You also can buy their games in Target. Mm -hmm. You don't even need to be a Dude Perfect fan Mm -hmm. to pick that game up. You could just be browsing in Target looking for games for your kids or something like that. And you're like, oh, that one looks fun. I'll grab that. So then that also, like from a synergy perspective, might be an entrance point into the world of Dude Perfect's YouTube channel right? Playing the game might be like, I want to watch more of that type of stuff and get more ideas. But I think the opportunity for Dude Perfect is a summer camp. They also have had like live events and a tour and stuff like that. But I really think like summer camp or a Dave and Buster's style, like Chuck E. Cheese place would be 
like incredible where I can go and do trick shots. And then again, like I love this bag ring toss and I can buy it on my way out. All right, next creator. Let's talk about the guys at Yes Theory. You're wearing their hat right now. Their brand is Seek Discomfort. We went down to where they actually print all of their clothing, which was fascinating. It's a whole Mm -hmm. warehouse that produces merchandise for all different types of creators. I think the main thing about Yes Theory is like that is a true community, right? Like members of the Yes Theory community are so unbelievably engaged. I don't think I've seen anything like it on YouTube. And when you're a member of that community, you identify with an ideology, right? Seek discomfort is an ideology. And so when you identify with an ideology, you want to wear it and you actually want to potentially strike up conversations. When I wear this hat, the amount of people who come up to me and be like, seek discomfort and don't know who Yes Theory is, but then I am able to regurgitate and, and, and announce the mission statement of Yes Theory to them, yeah. which then brings those people into the YouTube channel, into that universe. I've worn their sweatshirt and multiple times people just say, that's a great saying. Yeah, it's so interesting. It's an ideology that, that you can understand with or without YouTube. Mm-hmm. But then additionally, if you're wearing it or you see someone wearing it, you can immediately identify that person believes the same thing as you. Now, what's on their synergy map? I know they've had Yes Live, Mm -hmm. which is a live event all about seeking discomfort where you go and you meet people, you listen to speakers. The physical representation of of the Yes theory is so uh, evident. I think we went to Yes Live, which was an event which people traveled from all over the world to come to. So that's a direction that I think feels pretty, you know, likely where motivational speaking is something that already has been done. But if you make it a part of that universe, again, you walk out with some Seek Discomfort merch. I think there's this whole other world world, which is travel. Like travel is a really interesting world that, that we've talked a lot to the S theory guys about around. Is it, um, you know, I watch an adventure and now I want to go take an adventure. Is there a world that you can create for me where I can click through and, and get my own adventure? Is there a notebook or a workbook I can take with me on my adventures that helps me seek discomfort Mm -hmm. with prompts, things like that? Yeah. And then I think, uh, additionally, is there a physical space that I can go to where other like-minded people are there, right? Is there a hostel somewhere where I can be at and mm-hmm. I can go on a retreat and learn how to seek discomfort? So I think that's like that world, definitely you can start to feel it coming together. And a lot of it is based off this this wildly successful apparel line. Okay, next up, a slightly different creator, Jake Paul. So this is something that I just take with me every day. Um, everywhere I go. Your I ha- favorite book. I have this, um, which is the... Jake Paul, you got to want it. You do. You got to want it. This is what I want for myself. (laughs) For yourself (laughs) is to look like that. This is what I want. Yeah. Um, This was something we couldn't pass up buying. We were talking about this episode and thinking about like, what's interesting creator merch to buy? And this came up in one of the brainstorms and it was like, we can't not buy this. Now we need it. Now we need it. Now we read it. Not yet. Not yet. uh, But maybe I'll read a passage. Okay. Just open up to a random page. Speaking of swimming. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Everyone in high school hits that wall. I'm talking about that question that zooms at you out of nowhere, like a wall that you can't help but crash into. The question is, what am I going to do with my life? Or more simply, what am I going to do? Kind of like that passage. Um, (laughs) So I think what's interesting here, the reason why we bought this, the reason this is so fascinating is because like Jake Paul, the the Disney star, the like social media phenom that he was a couple years ago was kind of moving in this direction of entrepreneurship. And I think fumbling into becoming like a Gary V character, trying to become a Gary V character. Like he had, uh, what was that? Oh, the financial freedom movement, which Mm -hmm. was like this online course about how to become financially free. He started multiple worlds. 
Yeah, he tried. Team 10 was a world that he he tried to, to to create and they had live events and they had music and he's tried a couple of times to have this like synergy map. But he and Logan are probably now at a position where they can truly build out a synergy map that will last. With, yeah, with, with their entrance into boxing specifically. I think we, we mentioned this, if, if you want to watch our episode on Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather, I think that answers a lot of the questions about how we feel about creator boxing and, and just boxing in general as a business. But it's so incredibly understandable, the outcome of like training and trying to win and trying to, to, trying to beat someone in a boxing match is so understandable that now you can build a world around that. Now you can build a promotions company where you represent other fighters, which not only did Jake already do, but has started to talk about more and more about getting fighters fair pay and, you know, building this like marketing arm for fighters. They've talked about building gyms where you can come train. Logan sells gloves. Logan sells gloves now. So now their world has started to make a bit more sense. If they stay in this athletic world, it's yet to be seen, but this makes a lot more sense. And this synergy map for them makes more sense than what they were trying to do with the angle of like, we're the next Gary V's. So that notion of them launching a promotions company and, and, and what they're starting to do in the boxing world, that offers them the opportunity of becoming curators, right? They can hand select the fighters that they think would make good storylines and they can build media around those people and, and they can be the curators of boxers, not necessarily the boxers themselves over they time. They are essentially Mickey Mouse and Goofy. Right. But they get to choose who the next Donald Duck is. Okay. In that world. Sure. Right? Yeah. Or or like you look at, you know, like Disney today, the, exactly right. It's like they are essentially manufacturing characters. I think that's the the version of Jake and Logan that's probably going to happen is they'll like manufacture attention and manufacture these characters out of seemingly nowhere, but through their expertise in media. And I think that's the opportunity creators have. We talked about it at the top of the episode, you know, Nelk, if they launched a liquor store, not only can they curate the brands that they love in that liquor store, they can actually launch new brands into that store. We just saw it with Happy Dad. Like There can be a tequila. There, there can be an energy exactly. drink. Yeah. So you could start launching completely new brands into this store. And so I think creators having their own storefronts is probably the next iteration of what we're going to start to see in this world building. And that's something we're already seeing, right? With Cody Co. and his mean market. Cody Co. currently has mean mugs. This is one of Cody's mean mugs. And that mug's not that mean. I, you know what? I wasn't ready to get a mug uh, that said, F you. Um, it just felt like too mean. Does that make sense? We have a family. We don't need that type of language. Yeah, we have a family friendly program. Yeah, friendly, here. Yeah. yeah. Family friendly channel. Yeah. I mean, who knows what happened to this video after we put Nelk in the title? <laughs> but yeah, we, we uh, you know, it just felt like uh, potentially too much. So, so that's I, the nicest mean th mug you could find. This is the nicest mean mug I could find. And it's almost. It's also Father's Day, so it's, true. you know, cool dad. Got it. So Cody can actually curate a lot of like gag gifts, right? Like we've seen a lot of these companies come out with like gag gifts where you can like send someone something and it's like, you think it's nice and nice packaging and you open it and it's not nice, right? It's like some joke. There's a know. whole line of uh, cards, like thank you cards, yeah, and yeah, yeah. birthday cards and things like that that are actually kind of rude. Yeah. But it's fun for people. So Cody can now take all of those and put them into Mean Market because he has the traffic. He has the world that goes from his YouTube channel to Mean Market. And now people who buy those could actually come back around to the YouTube channel if they like that type of content or that type of humor. They could probably come around to the YouTube channel. Then they could go into Tiny Meat Gang. They could go to the live shows. They could go to the Patreon. 
right? It's like he's building a whole world and, and mean market fits really nicely in that and it's built for scale. And he can incorporate all of these other creators and some of their products who also fit into this brand. I think that's something that you look at Yes Theory and Seek Discomfort. If there are other brands out there that would make sense to live within Seek Discomfort's universe, why not? Why not? Host yeah. them as well on the website that already has that traffic. Mm-hmm. Another example of this creators as curators and having like a storefront is actually Beast Burger. Beast Burger recently did a collaboration with Dream. Dream is one of the largest creators on the platform right now. And so Beast did a collaboration with him for a Dream Burger. So you start to realize like Beast Burger is a restaurant that other creators can have products in. He's curating menu items. He's curating menu items. So who's the hot creator in two years? that creator can have a burger at Beast Burger. And that gets really interesting because that also kind of shows you that Mr. Beast is hand selecting certain creators to be a part of this universe of his. Again, Mr. Beast is Mickey Mouse. Goofy is Dream. I thought I'm Donald, I thought Donald whole, Duck. I thought Donald uh, Duck. Well, you get the You, get you the remember picture. Goofy movie? Yeah, of course. Great movie. Remember like Cheese Whiz? The whole okay. thing, like that was like iconic. It was okay. Okay? It was all right. Are you serious? It was okay. Listen, I didn't have Disney Channel growing up. Uh, I'm not a Disney kid. Mm, Smart House. You didn't so watch I did Smart watch Smart House and even Stevens. Brink. Yeah, no, I didn't watch Brink. You didn't watch Brink? I've heard about the legend of Brink and like Soul Skaters, right? Is that yeah, a thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I've never seen it. Oh my God. Johnny Tsunami? Yeah, I grew up without Disney Channel again. You grew up? This is... Just Nickelodeon. So yeah, I think, you know, the opportunity for creators to curate their favorite things. Like one thing for me that I've been feeling is like, why can't I walk into a store that's all creator merch? Why can't I walk into an environment that's like an urban outfitters, but primarily creator brands? That would be so fun. And whoever launches that, like is curating the right creators and curating the right goods and helping launch them. Like that's interesting to me. Because at any given time, if you walked into say PacSun, Mm. there may be a few different creator driven products or lines, but there's really not a single physical in-person retail store where you can walk in and it's completely creator driven. Yeah. Or even digital. And like, I know that there's some sites that exist that carry a lot of creator merch, but you're not typing in the name of that site to go just browse, right? Like if I walk into an urban outfitters, I'm browsing. I'm just like looking at things. Yeah. And if there's a creator led retailer, then I'll walk in and you could launch new products in there because I'll just walk in to go see it. Like the reason we went to BevMo was to go see the Nelk Boys seltzer. Now, how many people probably walked into BevMo yesterday, bought the seltzer, but then maybe bought one or two other things too? I mean, we went for yeah, the seltzer, true. we couldn't get it, and I bought pretzels. Yeah, and I bought a Topo Chico. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the exact, you know, example of that. And so I think that that's probably in the future where is some sort of retailer that's primarily creator brands. So if there's one thing to take away from this episode as a creator or an entrepreneur or just like a general, you know, maker of things. I think it's really important to think about your synergy map. The same way that we started this episode with Disney's synergy map, you know, right in the center, what is your core thing you do? What is the main thing people will come to you for? And then what are the offshoots of that? How do you build a world around that? How can you make their experience better? Mm -hmm. It's not just about watching your videos. It's about the entire world that they can move throughout And all of it makes your experience better as a fan or as a viewer. And as you're ready to bring those ideas to life, definitely check out shopify.com slash Colin and Samir to get a step-by-step guide on how you can launch a Shopify store and start building your world today with Shopify. (laughs) 